everybody, and welcome back, musical lovers, to another episode of Before the Downbeat, a musical podcast. I am your ginger host, Mackenzie, and our Canadian V. Arthur, John Adams of Canadian Theatre, our Charlie Brown, Miss Autumn Smith, is currently away on a theater contract, so she will be out for a few episodes this season. But fear not, she has said she will be back by the 50th episode. And she and I have set up some terrific guest co-hosts to fill in for her, to challenge me in all sorts of fun ways. And for this episode, I'm excited to announce joining me is none other than my friend and fellow musical lover and member of my other theatrical venture, Cup of Hemlock Theatre. It is none other than the one and only Miss Jillian Robinson. Hello, Jill! Hello, Mac. What an intro. I am your blonde-headed host for tonight. That is true. That is true. Yes, you are our new host for, for this episode, and I'm sure you'll be back for more guest appearances. But first, tell us, Jill, how are you? Who are you for our new listeners? Because we are a global podcast. You may not have heard of Jillian Robinson. Yeah, of course. So, hi, folks. Um, I am an actor-singer currently mm-hmm. residing in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I'm originally from Windsor, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, I graduated a few years back from the University of Toronto mm-hmm. and Sheridan College specialty program, uh, their theater and drama studies program. Mm-hmm. And prior to post-secondary schooling, I got my theater feet wet in musical theater. That's how I sort of got onto the performer path. Mm -hmm. I was involved in musicals, both as a part of my grade school and high school uh, experience and in my community theaters back in my hometown of Windsor, Ontario. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I did that all throughout high school. And then that sort of enriched my love of the arts Mm -hmm. and went to my theater school Mm -hmm. training and now we are in the big six yeah trying to make our way wearing all of the hats it is true Um, it is true and you met autumn and i when you came in an audition for her production of oh what a lovely war and you sang a song from parade Yes, I did. And I yes. just recently listened to um, <laughs> yours and Autumn's chat yes. on the parade. Um, yeah, I actually met Autumn back in when I was in second year at University of Toronto. The program has it so in first and second year, uh, students do crew assignments. Mm-hmm. So you can either be involved up in the booth or as an assistant yep. stage manager or mm-hmm. a wardrobe crew, what have you. So I got to be the lighting operator for a fourth year production that Autumn was directing. It was Orestes. Mm. Yes. So I kind of knew Autumn. That was a very busy time of year. And Autumn obviously was working mostly with the actors and I was up in the booth. But I knew of Autumn and I here and there chatted with Autumn and then brought that up again when, yes, as Mac was saying, Mm -hmm. I auditioned for her. Mm -hmm. And Mac, you were my lovely assistant stage manager. Indeed. For Oh, What a Lovely War. And yeah, I sang You Don't Know This Man from Parade. You did. You sang that. And you you started Oh, What a Lovely War while you were in the midst of doing Legally Blonde, the musical. Correct. Yes, I was a part of Heart House Theatre. Three of their 2019-2020 productions Mm -hmm. started off as a phantom in the Rocky Horror Show. Right. Directed by Jenny Walls. And then um, 
piggybacked that with Legally Blonde, directed by Sasha Dennis. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, capped out the season with Oh, the Lovely War, directed by our astonishing Autumn Smith. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. So, Jill, this has all been wonderful, but let's tell our wonderful listeners, if they haven't heard last week's promo, I have not been following us on social media, but what musical comedy that features puppets and is considered the adult version of Sesame Street are we doing today? Avenue Q. That's right. We are doing Avenue Q. That's right. It's a wonderful day, yes. And the internet is for porn. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, the adult musical. Friendly trigger warning to our listeners, because we have a wide variety of listeners. But this episode will, will contain adult situations, discussions about race, and it does feature profanities, because this is an adult musical. It's billed as such. It is meant to be considered an adult show. And so, yeah, we will be talking about things that are a little more adult. So if you are one of our wonderful younger listeners, and we love you dearly, but maybe skip this one. Unless unless your parents are really comfortable with you exploring stuff like this, then kudos to you. Go right on ahead. But trigger warning out now out there, you can't say we didn't warn. Yeah. So this was a musical I chose all the way back when Autumn and I were starting out and I were trying to think of what musicals to do. This one made my list early on and it just so happened that it took us four seasons to get here because some other stuff came first uh but this was the musical that i picked and i chose it first of all because i love puppets i grew up watching the muppets and sesame street uh-huh. so yeah puppets absolutely i used to actually teach a puppet making class for kids with special needs when i was working up north at camp kennebec oh, nice. to camp kennebec we had some fun making puppets up there and i just love the magic behind puppets that Something happens when you put your hand in a puppet or you start manipulating them and all of a sudden they just become alive to the point where you totally become invested and believe in them and you can absolutely disregard the puppeteer who is really behind the person. There's something really magical about puppets and puppeteering. And so I I love that about it. So when I found there was a musical about puppets, that really piqued my interest because not a lot of musicals feature puppets like Lion King, Avenue Q, and maybe there's a few others, but very few will ever use a puppet. Oh, I mean, Frozen uses them a little bit with Olaf and Sven the reindeer, but nothing right. to the extent of Avenue where they are actual living, breathing, fully fleshed out characters that are just as important as the humans of the show. Right. Um, yeah, but I mean, uh, this show, I love it because it does such a good job of balancing funny, yet very honest conversations about life and the struggles of adulthood. And I think the book of this musical does such a great job of smartly parodying, but yet also being sincere and loving of the classic children's puppet programs like Sesame Street and the Muppets that inspired this work. Like it's kind of like Mel Brooks and Spaceballs or Blazing Saddles, where Mel Brooks very much loves these genres of film, but he also has a good time poking fun and satirizing them in a really clever way. It's not just gratuitous fart jokes and Let's and let's tear this concept down. It's no, let's build on this. So it's almost like 
if you watch the Muppets growing up, you now could turn and watch Avenue Q as an adult. Yeah. So that's what I particularly liked about this piece. And so I came to this piece, though. I've never seen it live. I will say that. I've only ever watched bootlegs. Okay. But it was okay. a friend of mine during my time at Stratford Shakespeare School. She had the album on her I, uh, iPod, her little iPod shuffle back in the oh, day. Oh, wow. Back oh, in yeah. the day. Back in the day, the iPod shuffle. <laughs> little tiny iPod shuffle. And she's like, I think you would like this musical. You should listen to it. And so she started with the, with the uh, uh, It's Okay If You're Gay song and just yeah. started going out from there. Uh, and so I loved it. I thought, I mean, once again, as a teenager, it was so much fun listening to something that was considered risky and had the E for expletive on the album cover. Right. That was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. And then I didn't really fully appreciate the show until I got older. And actually started experiencing what Princeton and all these other adult puppets and humans hmm. are going through where you're like, Matt, oh. The amount, of, the amount of times I have written in my notes today of hashtag I feel seen yep. or hashtag me yep. or oh dear. I, yep. Yeah. Yep. Right? <laughs> right? And that's exactly it is that, is that this is the musical that grows with you. Like as a kid or a teenager, you listen to it, you think, oh, this is funny. I'll never be like those puppets who can't find their purpose, who... Who, who are having problems getting a job to pay the rent or, or are dealing with everyday uh, racist situations, like all that type uh-huh. of stuff. But I'm like, yeah, this is what we get when we grow up. That's life. Uh, so yeah, the fact that musical shines a light on this and, that, and it grows with you is something I think that is really kind of neat. So right. yeah. I mean, Jill, first mm-hmm. of all, tell us why you picked this episode when we pitched you to come on the show to co-host this episode and then tell us How'd you come to the show? Yeah, so I I chose this one to come on board. Uh, similar to you, Mac, I love puppetry. Um, as a kid, uh, we're about around the same age, Mac. So yes, we um, are. Yeah, so yeah, Sesame Street, Bear in the Big Blue House. Oh, um, I love that show. Uh, right. Um, um, oh gosh, Lunette and Molly, Big Comfy oh, Couch. Big Comfy Couch, yes. Yeah, so so I think it just played again. I have hashtag childhood written in my notes a lot. <laughs> um, so I've always been um, fascinated by by mm-hmm. puppets ever since I was a kid, and mm-hmm. then I totally agree with you. Being a practitioner now, puppetry is such a lovely avenue to have yes. in the palm of your hand. No pun yes. intended, because I think it does offer a bit of that extension of mm-hmm. silliness yep. or. Um, dissociation of self, which kind of invites mm-hmm. um, a, a, an example and a callback to, I already mentioned this in mm-hmm. the version of the Rocky Horror Show. I was just yeah. part of directed by Jenny Walls. She actually had the phantoms hide behind set pieces and be puppets yeah. for one of the songs. Mm-hmm. So she, I like that she added that element, but um, I mean, the phantoms in this version, we were already super kooky and Yes. Wild. Um, yes. But the bad news bears just, or whatever they're called in this one. Right. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. But um. But yeah. But puppet. Then having the puppet on my hand, it was like, oh my goodness, it's a whole nother level of wildness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And obviously, you see that in this this show too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I mean, in the case of the puppets in Avenue Q, and also in Sesame Street and other, it's, there's like a pop of color. I don't know what it is. It's like seeing a puppet. Mm-hmm. Um. They're so bright looking and like 
Yeah. Solid. I always loved that as maybe it's just like me. It's like a no, I, no. I like, actually, I love the color of that Muppet's nose. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something bright and wonderful. And I mean, I think you also hit on a really good thing that puppets allow you to do is they can actually make uh, accessing tougher conversations a little bit easier. Absolutely. Like I don't and think this a, yeah. it would work if it was just a whole bunch of adults. Sure. Uh, discussing these t- types of topics. Like, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And just touching on that, like I, I work with kids and I've mm-hmm. um, just recently um, spent most most of the last couple of years with my niece and nephew. And mm-hmm. that's something when you're sort of day to day with children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Puppetry. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it, it sort of accesses another part of your imagination mm-hmm. that um, you can't really believably do with just mm-hmm. yourself like yeah. it, it just adds that it adds that uh, that element of imagination mm-hmm. that you can get by watching like yeah. animation or something right? yeah um and absolutely noticing to my my niece and nephew are both under the age of two and mm-hmm. it really does it's a different form of communication for them yeah. especially mm-hmm. when they're nonverbal too mm-hmm. and obviously you see that in working with children with disabilities as yeah. well it's mm-hmm. so yeah so love I just, yeah, love puppetry. Um, yeah. We need more of it. We, we do. need more of it. Yes. And I, I think especially coming out of the last couple yeah. of years we've had, it would be lovely to have it. Mm-hmm. But the show in particular, <laughs> yeah. I came to it, a community theater company back in my hometown of Windsor, Cardinal mm-hmm. Music Productions. They right. did, they did mm-hmm. Avenue Q. They did a version of it mm-hmm. when I was, so I had already been away at school, but I mm-hmm. was home. Uh, right. for a break at some point mm-hmm. and I got to see it and it was so funny and I actually knew a lot of I had worked on shows with a lot of the people who were in the okay. cast before so I kind of had that treat to go along with too um yeah it was so fun so good but uh, but yeah that's the only time I've seen it live and then I've uh, here we are I'm ready to talk about it <laughs> love it love it I mean one more thing about puppets yeah. I think also, like, because as you said, it's a different form of communication. I think, yes, it's a joke now that therapists will use puppets to like talk to me, basically. And it's like there's a reason why that therapy exists. And it's oh yeah, because there is something accessible about puppets that, even as adults or as a child, that you can't get through direct human to human communication. So yeah, I do think I, I think you hit on a really good point there. Is at any age, puppets do access a special part of communication. And a part of our mm-hmm. brain that don't know what it does, but it just does something that makes us at ease with them. And, mm-hmm. and so we can connect and communicate with them. So, right. yeah. So for people who don't know what Avenue Q is about. So this is a very big book musical. There's a lot of dialogue scenes. There's a lot of different characters and subplots. Uh, so this is the most basic of elevator pitch summaries I could d- condense it down to, which is Avenue Q is a musical that tells the story of a recent graduate named Princeton who moves to a shabby New York apartment all the way out on Avenue Q because he can't afford to live on any other avenue. His his landlord is the one and only Gary Cooper. So that's a funny little tie there. And so he soon discovers, though, that uh, although the residents seem nice, it's clear that this is no ordinary neighborhood. There's a mix of humans and puppets. You have people like Trekkie Monster, who somehow is playing the stocks and in his apartment all day looking at porn. You have Kate Monster, who's not related to 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 Trekkie Monster, as she points out, who's wanting to start a Montessori school uh, for for monsters to give a place of of acceptance for them. So you have all that going on. You have Rod and Nikki, who are basically a parody of Bert and Ernie, 
uh, who are trying to work out the roommate differences. The fact that Rod is uh, in the closet, as they say, he has not come out yet, but Nikki knows. So there's a whole back and forth between them. There's a whole love triangle that goes on between Princeton, Kate, and uh, Lucy, the slut, as they call her in the show. Yep. Not a great name. <laughs> there's a reason, I, yeah. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. But there's a whole <laughs> thing there about that. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, it, it's a full on uh, bit of fun work there. Uh, but then together, Princeton and his new friends uh, struggle to find jobs, dates, and their ever elusive purpose of life. Okay. And that is basically the show in a nutshell. Without right. reading the entire Wikipedia four paragraph plot summary that's there. Yeah, so essentially it's like a neighborhood of slices of life yes. sort of coming together in this yes. shell yeah. called Avenue Q. Exactly. There's a lot of vignettes. Uh-huh. I, 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 there's still a through line plot of Princeton trying to find his purpose. Yes. But, and everybody has their own kind of through line plot. Basically, it's strung together by these fun little vignette scenes. Yeah. Kind of like a real episode of Sesame Street or the Muppets. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of uh-huh. that in a nutshell. But, Jill, we have a yes. whole new creative team that I saddled you with. Too. So, give um, us the rundown. Who do we got? Creatives. Yes. There's five of them that I'm going mm-hmm. to deep dive for us. Love it. And a lot of them have really cool journeys Mm -hmm. and or projects that they've done either prior to Avenue Q or as a result of Avenue Q, et cetera. So I have like a pretty meaty, meaty chunks Mm -hmm. for y'all to dive in. Mm -hmm. But um, I learned a lot and I hope you all Mm -hmm. do too. So of course we have Avenue Q. Book is by Jeff Witte. So Mm -hmm. I'll talk about Jeff. Music and lyrics are by Robert Lopez and Jeff Marks. So I'll get into the two of them. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to talk us through our director, Mm -hmm. Jason Moore. Mm -hmm. And then our puppet designer, creator, and originator of several roles, Mm -hmm. Rick Lyon. Love it. So, yeah. So we'll start with Jeff Witte. Love it. Um, So Jeff, uh, Avenue Q, the book by Jeff Witty. Jeff's from Oregon, and mm-hmm. he got his acting degree, his master's in acting at NYU. Ooh. So Jeff is Tony Award-winning, Academy Award-nominated American playwright, actor, and Oscar-nominated screenwriter. So Jeff, Jeff does it all. What was he nominated for for an Oscar? So for an Oscar, the movie Can You Ever Forgive Me? Oh, starring Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Love it. She was nominated for an Oscar for that, too. Yes, 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 yes. I still have not seen it. It is on my list. Too. It's a good one. So, well, we'll add to our movie night. Great. Yeah, and so Avenue Q was a giant staple for Jeff Whitty, mm-hmm. um, in which it won the Tony Award for Best Book of a Musical, and mm-hmm. it was actually his first produced musical. So got off on a great start there, career-wise. Mm-hmm. Fun other little factoid, he wrote the libretto for Bring It On the Musical, Classic. Um, and he has just done so much writing all over the country mm-hmm. for various companies and in various forms, as you've heard. He's a screenwriter, he's a playwright. Um, but most notable works are Avenue Q, Can You Ever Forgive Me? And then The Further Adventures of Hedda Gabler, which I didn't dive into fully, but I also love Hedda Gabler. So that is a takeaway that I will be going farther into figuring what that Maybe we will read that play in Play Book Club at some point. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what I wrote about Jeff Witte. There's no, no lack of things to say about Jeff or to learn yeah. about Jeff. So mm-hmm. that's Jeff Witte. 
Now I will take us to our music yep. and lyricists, yep. um, Robert Lopez, Jeff Marks. So we'll start with Jeff Marks. Mm-hmm. Jeff's originally from Hollywood, Florida. Mm-hmm. He is an American composer and lyricist of musicals, best known for Avenue Q with mm-hmm. Lopez. He attended University of Michigan, and he was a part of the Glee Club, but he actually was there to study law, got his degree, and he's a member of the New York State Bar Association, but he doesn't... Wow. Yeah, so his journey sort of post-law school, he was trying to suss out people of the industry to mm. represent or get involved with. So I would okay. imagine he kind of wanted to go the... Entertainment law. Entertainment law, exactly. Yeah. But he ended up enrolling at the BMI Lehman Engel Musical Theater Workshop, and mm-hmm. that's where he met Lopez. So he, he he entered into this workshop primarily to sort of suss out potential industry clients. Right. And then he met Lopez, and there the two of them teamed up. And that's when they um, started a, a Hamlet spoof using I have Kermit the Frog. Yes. Um, and called Kermit Prince of Denmark. Yep. And they patched together some work for that. And that mm-hmm. actually won them um, an award, like a monetary award. Mm-hmm. But didn't go farther. Jim I have Henson. notes to explain why. Oh, you want to just take it from here? A little tangent, Mac? On no, those? don't worry. I'll save it. I have a whole okay. production history story. Great. It all ties together. Great. Yeah, so that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, Marx and so Marx has done a lot post. So Avenue Q is probably his like biggest musical staple. Okay. But him and his family were in the documentary show business, The Road to Broadway. Oh. Um, Avenue Q was featured along with some other musicals. Again, it's a documentary to check out. Right. Um, but him and his family were in that. He also wrote a book called How to Win a High School Election. He has written the theme song for Rick and Steve, the happiest gay couple in all the world, along with other songs. Love it. Um, He has also written the song You Have More Friends Than You Know for the Mm -hmm. organization It Gets Better, the LGBTQ plus teen suicide prevention Mm -hmm. organization. Um, The song also appeared on Glee and then got more exposure popularity there. And he actually created a karaoke Mm -hmm. version that if people download, um, all proceeds go to support the Trevor Project. Love that. Um, Most recently, which... There's probably more recent, recent stuff, but uh, from what I found in 2015, he was writing another musical called Home Street Home with Fat Mike of punk rock mm-hmm. band NOFX and activist and dominatrix Sama Snake Oil. Cool. So that's Marx, but I'm double back to more Marx Lopez things because this will be a good transition to Lopez. Yes. Um, the two of them, after they were sort of turned down of Hermit Prince of Denmark, which you will probably I still go into, see that. Mac. Um, mm-hmm. They wrote songs for the musical episode of Scrubs. The two of them, yes. yeah, matched up. And Marks, uh, Marks actually appeared on the episode as a pharmacist in the background dance. <laughs> um, and yeah, and the two of them went on to obviously write Avenue Q. They also wrote songs for Bear in the Big Blue House and The Book of Pooh. Yeah. So that was a lot about Marks, and I kind of segued into Lopez. So we'll yes. go down. We will go down that. Mister, let it go. I was just about to make so many frozen puns, but yes. Um, <laughs> Robert Lopez. Uh, more recently, Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, his mm-hmm. wife, have, um, they are the masterminds behind the music of Frozen, Frozen 2, Coco. Mm-hmm. They wrote the musical for, fi- like, Finding Nemo the musical that was for the mm-hmm. Disney theme parks. Yep. They wrote a song for Wreck-It Ralph. We'll get further into them. They are just a power couple. 
They are. Um, he is a EGOT winner. The youngest Yes, I will. EGOT let winner. me. No, don't spoil it, Matt. Uh, That's okay. my job. Okay, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dial us back. So Lopez is from Manhattan. Mm-hmm. He's American songwriter musicals, obviously known for co-creating Avenue Q and the Book of Mormon. The um, Book of Mormon. He likes yes. tackling tough subjects. I mean, you got racism and, and, and sexual encounters in this one. And in Book of Mormon, you got uh, organized religion. <laughs> right. He is, um, and, he, and he does, and he does Disney on the side because you know why exactly. Not? <laughs> yes, yeah. So we, we talked about the Disney uh, collapse yeah. with his wife, mm-hmm. and then yes, egot. So I'm assuming listeners know, but what an egot they are. is? They are. We talked about when, all the way back in season one. Great. So Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Mm-hmm. So yeah. only 16 people in the world have won this, mm-hmm. and Lopez is one of those 16. Mm-hmm. He is the youngest. Clocking in at 39 years and eight mm-hmm. days old. Mm-hmm. And he is the quickest to retrieve all four in within 10 years. He did wow. this. Um, and, and fun, fun, recent fact, as of 2021, this year, he is the only person to have won all four awards more than once. Oh. And I have hashtag and capital letters goals. That is goals. Yeah. So he's the only person in the world to be a double... Egot, yeah, double egot recipient. Yeah, so um, super funny sort of personal segue about Lopez. Lopez reminds us a lot of our dear protagonist, Princeton. As yes. in, Lopez um, was a very musical kid mm-hmm. when he was growing up, but he went to Yale University for his BA in English. Ah, um, takes us to the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, he goes on further to say that Kate Monster also is, there's references of her being Kristen, Kristen Anderson. <laughs> and they were both kind of, because they, they met each other um, in the same, I believe in the same workshop space okay. that Mark, he met Marks as well. Right. And they started dating post that, but she, uh, she was trying to make it, make ends meet in New York as well. Right. So there's that one lyric in one of the songs of, of Kate Monster trying to, Yes. living off of fast food etc so yes. um so that's kind of cool like the masterminds behind <laughs> frozen and coco are, are princeton and kate monster love that yeah and so super super cool when lopez was at yale university getting his ba in english like i said he was a part of an acapella group mm-hmm. um he also wrote three plays during mm-hmm. his time there of two were musicals mm-hmm. um and he really wanted to try to make a living being mm-hmm. you know a writer but it's hard. This industry it is. is very hard. But he did everything he possibly could to avoid going down the temptation of law and medicine and any mm-hmm. other stable career. And so I guess lesson learned inspired by Lopez is just keep to the grind of what you love yes. and opportunities will turn over and you don't yep. know how and you don't know with who, but they come your way. Have dreams, dreams, believe in them. And yeah. yes, dreams will come true. So yes, kind of going back to Marx and Lopez talking together, they won Best Original Score mm-hmm. for Avenue Q. Yeah. And then bouncing back to Lopez and Anderson Lopez, his wife, mm-hmm. uh, they most recently wrote the theme music for WandaVision. They did. They won an Emmy for it, I believe. Yeah. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yes. WandaVision. So, WandaVision. So many things. There's also, also Phineas and Ferb, The Simpsons. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Lopez has has yes, r- rightfully so, stuck his nose mm-hmm. in many mm-hmm. staples. 
yes. for the industry over the years. And they wrote the song. It was Agatha all along. That that pop hit from from Wandavision. Who's been messing up everything? It's been Agatha all along. Who's been pulling every evil string? It's been Agatha. Oh, so, yes. It was Agatha all along. <laughs> so good. Yeah, they are they are fantastic partners. There's a great documentary you can watch where it's Alan Menken, the two of them, and Stephen Schwartz cool. all sit down around the piano together to talk Disney music. Love that. And it's oh my gosh. beautiful. Yeah, definitely have to let me know about that, Mac. Yeah, it's love good. To see that. It's good. They are very lovely people. From all interviews, it seems they are just lovely, welcoming people. Yes. All right, let's pivot from the music side mm-hmm. of this musical into yep. more of the direction designing side. So we'll go back to our director, Jason mm-hmm. Moore. Jason Moore is originally from Arkansas. He's an American director of film, TV, and television. Mm-hmm. Um, he attended Northwestern University. His first Broadway gig, mm-hmm. he began as a resident director of Les Mis. Right. And it's like, what a callback, because Mac and I... <laughs> Fangirl over Les Mis all, all the, the time. Regular, so <laughs> all the time. There's a whole two part Cuphead episode yes. about about us fanning over Les Mis. Right. Yeah. So Jason Moore was nominated uh, for Best Director for Avenue Q. Actually, um, so. Ave- yes. Post Avenue Q success, he went mm-hmm. on to direct the 2005 Broadway revival of Steel Magnolias, and he also uh, directed Shrek the Musical with huh. Sutton Foster et al. There you He's go. directed some concerts, such as the Jerry Springer, the opera. Yeah, and then segueing to see TV film, mm-hmm. he's directed episodes for Dawson's Creek, One Tree Hill, again, hashtag I feel seen, <laughs> um, Everwood, and Brothers and Sisters. And um, Moore actually made his film directing debut, How Musically Appropriate, with Pitch Perfect in 2012. Aka Perfect. Exactly. And he also directed the theatrical, ma- not theatrical, sorry, cinematic masterpiece, Sisters, <laughs> starring Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Love I it. just love that movie. I thought it was so funny. Yeah. Up next, he'll be directing a live action movie of Archie and also a movie called Shotgun Wedding, which will be coming June 2022, starring okay. Jennifer Lopez and Josh Duhamel. Sounds interesting. So Jason has, again, like everyone else, has had his hand in so many great works. This is a star-studded crew. Yes. And we will cap it off with the spine of this whole musical. Literally. (laughs) No pun intended, because it's the characters themselves. Um, Rick Lyon. So Rick Lyon originally is from New York. He is an American puppeteer, actor, and a puppet designer and builder. And he is... The puppet designer, builder, creator, mastermind behind every single puppet in Avenue. So much so that there now exists a building called the Lion Puppets, which Mm -hmm. is in New Jersey, right outside of NYC, where he coaches actors in puppetry and specifically for productions of Avenue Q. 
Great. He's actually directed a production of Avenue Q. He has originated the roles of Trekkie Monster, Nikki, and the Blue Bad Idea there in yep. Avenue Q. Yeah, so Rick Lyon started, he got his training in theater at Penn State University and mm-hmm. puppetry at Institute of Professional Puppetry Arts in Connecticut and Institut International de la Marionette in France. So Fancy. lots of credentials coming at you from Rick. Another fun fact, he was one of the big bird operators for Jim <laughs> Henson. So came on to the Avenue Q squad with quite a lot of experience there. Other shows or projects he has been a part of has been Sesame Street, as I just said, Crank Yankers, uh, Baron Big Blue House, and... The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He's had some stints on. Love it. Yeah. So that's our crew. A mighty hefty crew. It is a very star-studded crew mm-hmm. of peoples. And they all have overlaps from they doing do. similar things. And Bear in the Big Blue House cool. shows up a few yeah. times, surprisingly. Right. Right. Look that show, um, look that show up, kids, if you don't know the show, The Bear in the Big Blue House. So good. Okay. Well, this was awesome, Jill, but let's get into some production history of this musical. Let's do And there it. is a little bit to discuss. So, the idea for Avenue Q was born at the BMI uh, Lehman Engel Musical Theater Workshop, which is where a lot of partnerships seem to form, including like Howard Ashman, Alan Menken, a whole bunch of people all come out of there. Clearly, it's, it is the place to be, Jill. It is the place to be. So, when Jeff Marks met Robert Lopez during a songwriting class, they were like instant partnerships uh not as part of the workshop that you decided to write songs for a speculative muppet movie based on hamlet called kermit the prince of denmark which i really want to see now i think that'd be a really funny idea i could picture like miss piggy as like gertrude like it'd be great it'd be great uh like fozzy bear is like claudius i think it'd be really funny yeah. mess the ghost and claudius the two of them together like yeah, yeah. gonzo as um as uh, Horatio. Yep. Yeah, like so much you could do with that. So many, so much good stuff there. Uh, so the pair received po- a positive response from their work, so much that they decided to have someone performing, uh, perform- like, like a, a puppet performer actually come in and start presenting their songs since they're writing them for a puppet. So they're like, let's actually get someone to come in. Enter their mutual friend, uh, Rick Lyon. And he actually agreed to perform, and he and he used Kermit the Frog uh, as their puppet of choice. So he got a replica Kermit the Frog and used that as his prop, uh, which was great. It was really just him sitting on a stool uh, in full view of the audience, and they loved it. Uh, this performance was such a success that the concept of visible puppeteering became a key component of Avenue Q when the show was mounted. They were like, we got to go back to that. We're, we can do it that way. Because usually everybody thinks of puppetry, it's the puppeteers hiding, right? That's why they built all the Muppet sets, like right. eight feet, 10 feet in the air so that they could get underneath, right? So the fact they're like, no, it works when you actually can see the puppeteer. And it does. You, you kind yeah, of totally. absolutely lose the puppeteer. You just focus on the puppet. Following the workshop, the pair uh, did pitch Kermit the Prince of Denmark to the Henson family. However, they turned it down, saying it was not particularly on brand for them. Probably a little bit too. I can I can see them satirizing the final sword fight, kind of doing a bit of a Deadpool, like long extended comedic death. Who knows? Right. Something like that. I can see them going that direction, but it, I think it'd be very fun. Uh, undeterred, though, they insisted that they would make something of this concept, and so they said about creating a new show with original puppet characters, which was to parody Sesame Street. 
So Rick Lyon was brought on to design and create the puppets. The Avenue puppets cost up to $10,000 each and require up to 120 hours to hand fabricate the, the puppet. So a lot of time and effort goes into that. The concept of Avenue Q was originally conceived of as a show for television, but following a public reading presented for potential producers and investors in 2000, Broadway producer Robin Goodman and Jeffrey Seller expressed interest in developing it into a theatrical property. Hence, they shifted gears. Right. Uh, yeah. So several different drafts were written during the writing process. Apparently, they did change scriptwriters. Don't know who the original one was, but apparently they, they did a swap a uh, The song Time, which further developed the, the tense relationship between Nikki and Rob, was cut. During uh, during the during the development, as they felt, it just kind of didn't add more to the story. It was kind of just like uh, Rod a, a Rod waiting on the toilet or on the toilet, and Nikki trying to use the washroom. It was one of those right. back and forth through the door songs. Well, uh, and, and already yeah. that duo is quite B plot, anyways. Yes, so exactly. if something's got to get cut. It's got to come from yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, the song "How Much Do the People in Your Neighborhood Make," which was a parody of the classic Sesame Street song of who are the people in your neighborhood? Right. A song written uh, very early in the show's history, but was dropped when the original television show format was abandoned in favor of the stage production. Uh-huh. So that's another lost uh, goodie. Uh, an early version of the show was first mounted in 2002 at the Eugene O'Neill Theater Center in Waterford, Connecticut. Uh, during the run, the show was developed further, including the removal of the song, Tear It Up and Throw It Away, which centered around Kate Monster tearing up her jury duty summons upon advice from Nikki as she is then ticketed for littering. <laughs> See, again, like, yeah. great thing to add, yeah. but I, but again, another yeah. adult plot point that it's like, whoa, we got a lot going on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, the song was cut because it had no relevance to the overall yeah. plot of the show and because according to Stephanie Diabrizio, uh, yeah. there is no uh, judicious way of disposing of the paper scraps, which would have to remain on stage all throughout Act One. So that you can't get rid of it, let's just cut the scene entirely because it's not important. I anymore. love that too because she yes. she's the original she originated Kate Monster. She so did. I, I love her voice was yeah. pivotal and maybe in yes. wanting to cut that, which is great. Exactly, exactly. Following the successful run, the, the creative team saw that the show had potential to actually mount a New York production. So the show. Uh, then went to Off-Broadway at the Vineyard Theater for 72 performances from March 9th through to March 4th, 2003. Uh, the producers were initially skeptical of whether audiences, particularly their subscription audience at, at the Vineyard, would accept the show with this mix of puppets and human actors, as well as if content. they would object. Yeah, exactly. The content. Yeah. Uh, particularly they were worried about that. But it worked out really well. It won the 2003 uh, Lucille Loretel Award for Best uh, Musical, as well as Outstanding Sound Direction for Brett Jarvis. Plus the 2003-2004 Editor Critics Circle Award, Outstanding Ensemble Performance and Puppet for Puppetry and Artistry. And the, and the 2004 Glad Media Award, Outstanding New York Theater, Broadway and Off-Broadway Award. So... It was going places, and it was a week into previews uh, when they were out on Off-Broadway that they decided that, yeah, we can make this go to Broadway. We, we have the opportunity. So the trick was finding the right theater because they needed an right. intimate theater. So they ultimately decided on the John Golden Theater because it is an intimate venue with a, leading, with a seating capacity limit of 800 seats. 
one of the smallest Broadway houses available. Creative team remained the same with Jason Moore directing, Ken Robertson as choreographer, and set designed by uh, Anna Lorizio. Uh, previews began July 10th, and the producers targeted younger audience members by offering either comp or reduced prices for them. Because they thought if we can get young people in, which is what the demographic really want to target, they can spread good right. word of mouth. And that and that actually paid off. It built up a really good, strong fan base for the show. So by the time it, we opened on July 31st, 2003, we, they were in a good place. Cool. Uh, the cast included John Targalia as Princeton and Rod. You have Stephanie Diabrazio as Kate Monster and Lucy the Slut. You have Rick Layton as Nikki slash Tricky Monster. Bad Idea Bears. That's like a bad idea bears. Not bad news bears. Bad Idea Bears. Uh-huh. Uh, new, uh, newcomer and Ricky the Voice. And then you have Natalie Ventina as Gary Coleman. You have Jordan Gelber as Brian. Jennifer Barnhart as Mrs. Thistlewatt. Bad Idea Bear and Ricky Puppeteer, an assistant performer. And the wonderful lady who we just watched in all the episodes of Schmigadoon, Ms. Anne Harada as Christmas Eve. Yeah. She's been with Avenue Q since the first readings of the show. And, and she went through the entire off-Broadway run, the Broadway run she was a part of before, and then later after she originated the role of Christmas Eve in the original London production as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. The show was very well received. It was nominated for six Tony Awards. It won three in the categories of Best Musical, beating Wicked. Right, yeah. so. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, best original score and best original book. Uh, the Barbie production of Avenue Q recouped its $3.5 million investment capitalization in just 10 months after mm. opening. It went on to gross more than 19, $119 million and has returned more than get this, Jill. So, oh gosh. yeah, let's see here. So $23,500,000 for its investors. Holy crow. Yeah. And then after 22 previews and 2,534 regular performances, the show did close in September of uh, 2009, but they did bring back uh, Anne Harada to reprise her role of Christmas Eve to finish the production. Uh, Harada stated when she returned, she says, this has been the greatest job I ever had. Hence why I wanted to return to the role. Uh, and then after the show closed on Broadway, it reopened off-Broadway at the New World Stages Complex on October 9th, 2009. So it was closed for about a month. Uh, and then the production played there for a decade until its final performance on May 26th, 2019. So Ooh. very long history of the show there. Yes. And then other productions that were mounted include the West End production that opened in 2006 at the Noel Coward Theater then moved to the Gilgood Theater, and then the, 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 the Wintam Theater, where it closed on October 30th, 2010, after a total five-year run. So yeah. another successful run. Yeah. Then there was one unsuccessful run they had, which was the Las Vegas production that opened in 2005 at the, uh, at the Wynn Hotel and Casino. Part of the contract included a clause that precluded Avenue Q from doing North American tours, while the show was running in Las Vegas. The production was not successful and closed on May 28, 2006, after nine months. The team okay. tried to save the production by cutting the production down to 90 minutes, 
with the with, with removing the intermission as well as other smaller parts of the show. Plus, the hotel owner Steve Wynn promoted the show heavily. At one point, decorating twenty city cabs with orange fuzz and a large white cube. Wow! On it, but sadly, none of that worked and was not fruitful. In the show, honestly, I feel like a lot of a lot of people when they go to Vegas, like they're they're wanting the real deal. They're like, enough yeah. of this puppetry. <laughs> exactly. We want Celine Dion. Yeah, we want Celine Dion, or we yeah. want to just get down and dirty yes. with. It, we don't. We don't yeah. need a yeah a puppet show. Yeah, yeah puppet exactly, show. exactly. So ultimately, the one benefit when the show did close was that it didn't open the door to for having Q to tour across North America, which it toured for quite a while too. Yeah, Abby uh, Q does have a school edition that has been created. Okay. Yeah. So the, so yes, yeah, so most of as it says most of the profanity and sexual themes have obviously been re- been removed from the script and score. Two songs: "My Girlfriend Who Lives in Canada" and. You can be as loud as the hell as the hell you want. Yes, are, are both removed. The internet is for porn has been replaced with my social media. Uh, or, or, sorry, my, sorry, my social life is online. And Trucky Monster's okay. obsession with pornography is now being replaced with an obsession with social networks. Social media. Sites. Okay. The character. Uh, did, sorry. Keep going. No, 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 no. Go. Chime in. Did they? Did they? You might be getting to this, but did they cut any of the the? Um, songs to do with orientation or race, or do they change? Doesn't them? say. I, I'm, I'm. They may have changed them a bit. Okay, yeah. They may right. change them a bit, but so yeah, those, those, that's some of the big changes they made. And the last big change they made was the character of Mrs. Thistlewatt and Lucy the Slut were renamed Mrs. Buzz and Lucy. Yeah. Uh, the scenes involving the bad idea bears are altered to uh, de-emphasize alcohol. Okay. See, that's the thing. Like, we'll, yeah. we can get into this later too, yeah. Mac, but I do think there's a lot because this is going back to the synopsis you gave yes. us of its vignette, yeah. right? There is the through line of Princeton mm-hmm. finding its purpose. But other than yeah. that, you can kind of rejig yeah. what have you amend. Absolutely. So uh, I, I could get behind. Yeah, like, I mean, like, I have no this. problem with them doing a school show. And I think, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know if kids get it all. Cause you're, yeah. but like, mind you, kids don't get a lot of stuff right away. You get, right. As we said, we we didn't get it as kids, but we got it as we got older. But I mean, right. and I also think I just had you just a great skill to teach kids as puppetry. I mean, that yeah. is a really cool skill to learn, and I mean, it's fun. This show, this uh-huh. show is fun, and I mean, I don't know exactly they changed, but but I, I, it sounds like they did reduce some of the some of the stuff huh. in there too, which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, in that case, Jill, let's get into uh-huh. our top three songs. Yeah. So, your uh, first song choice. Okay, so I do have my top three. I also have okay. two honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I'll start with my three, and then I I'll honorable mention. Um. Okay. So my favorite song, the one that I've listened to three times since <laughs> I was on board for this musical. Yep. I also want to cover it now because I wasn't mm-hmm. really fully in tune with it. Um. Is there's a fine fine line. And a waste of your time. And I don't have the time to waste on you anymore. I don't think that you even know what you're looking for. For my own sanity, I've gotta close the door and walk away. 
That is a it's not, it did not make monster. my yeah, top list. But yes. I don't think it's necessarily like a standout for the show. I just mm-hmm. think it's a great standalone piece. It is now going in my musical theater book. Um it mm-hmm. it just and I think yeah, it's just real. Oh, this musical's it's, got it's, some facts. So it's, it's a very real song, and yeah, that's what I like about it. Is the song can hit some very real notes, and it's a fine, fine line. Yeah, it really does hit home the whole thing about adulting, where it's like, yeah, there. Yeah, they're, and love, and yeah, like and that love, alone, yes. that navigate, like, like navigating love on top of navigating adulthood yes. is like two different beasts. And yes. Usually, you know, if you're in a healthy relationship, they go hand in hand. But yeah. a lot of a lot of mm-hmm. life obstacles or life challenges, mm-hmm. yeah, life and love go hand in hand, and yes. they can also challenge each other. And so, yeah. I just think it was it's a really good heart song we hear. Yeah, yeah. No, I I love. It. I'm just pulling up the lyrics because uh-huh. where is it here? Yeah, she points it out right there in the first line of the song. The song is, there's a fine, fine line between a lover and a friend. There's yep. a fine, fine line between reality and pretend. And yep. you never know till, 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 like, uh, till you reach the top if it was worth the uphill climb. Yeah. It's a fine, fine line between love and, and a waste of time. Like, like, just crack me open, why don't you? Like, that yeah. is like, I feel seen. <laughs> I feel seen yes. in one verse. Yeah. Yes. Um, the lyrics of this whole musical, especially... So I guess not whole musical, at least of the Princeton Kate Monster through yeah. line. Mm-hmm. The more like serious tones. Yes, the more, they are the more like, serious. Sussing characters. out. Yeah. Just very like simply put. Mm-hmm. But again, mm-hmm. you, you're you oh, I, I yeah. listen to songs like that and I listen to songs like Purpose mm-hmm. and I'm like, I feel seen. How does this musical know mm-hmm. me? Like what? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, yeah. Was, that was my mm-hmm. first choice. Yeah. And I mean, I also like the fact that in the song. It's not Kate Monster pining away over the loss of Princeton. Yes. It's she's very firm in what she knows. Like she goes, and I don't have time to waste yes. on you anymore. I don't Snaps, girl. Yes. No, what you're looking for. And for my own sanity, I've got to close the door and walk away. Like, that's a very adult yes. lesson to learn. The fact that we get a female perspective on that when a lot of times it's the on the steps of the palace. Or yeah. Like, like the, oh, right. woe is me. I've lost I I've lost the guy I'm attracted to. She's like, no. Screw it. Yeah. Or, right. or, or in this exactly. case, we can say, fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> like, yes. Right? right. Like, like she can say, like she go, she's like, no, I'm not going to be dicked around by you. Like, yeah. Like, yes, things are getting serious. Princeton, mm-hmm. like, own up to it or get off the pot. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, my mom did that to my dad to get him to ask her to marry him. She, she was like, I'm not waiting anymore. Like, make a choice. Right. Like, right. like, I'm done with my other degree in school. Like, what are we doing? I'm almost 30. You're almost 30. Like, what are we doing? Like, move it or lose it, honey. Like, I'm ready. So, yeah. and I mean, I think that's a really mature concept. We don't see a lot explored is, is the mature side of adulthood there that, yeah, not not everything is all about the I want love song. Like, like, love is tough. Adult situations, because sometimes you do have to be like, yeah, this relationship is not working. I got to close the door and walk away too, for my own good. Not just for yeah. your good, but for my own good, I have to make the decision so yeah it's great 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 choice jill mm-hmm. great choice my number one is what do you uh what do you do with a b in english slash it sucks to be me it sucks to be you on avenue q
You're gonna love it. We live on Avenue Q. Here's your keys. Okay. That yeah. For me, I that go, one did not make any of my list, but I, okay. yeah, I can get behind. Yeah. I can get behind that. Yes. So first of all, as someone with a theater degree, this song hit me right in the right spot. I was like, "Yep, I've asked myself this question. I've had other people in the world ask me, what are you going to do with your theater degree? Like, what is that good for?'" And I mean, yep. it took me a long time to find a really good answer to give them, which is my degree is very malleable. It taught me a lot of very versatile yes. skills that I can apply to any job I go to. Uh-huh. It, it's kind of it's kind of like the Swiss Army knife degree. That you That's can... a really good way of putting it. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep that in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and then I also like I can relate to the conversation that all these characters have of it sucks to me because I can remember heck, we still have it. All my friends when we sit down and sometimes go, it sucks to be me, and then somebody goes, oh, it sucks to be you. Well, yeah. try this on for size, right? And it's all about the one upping, and I think that it's just a great way. To, and then in the show, it's a great way to open the show. It sets mm-hmm. up all your characters yeah. right away. It's great but exposition. Sure. It's great exposition. You know exactly who Christmas Eve, Brian, Nick, uh, Nikki and Rod, Gary Coleman, uh, Princeton, Kate Monster. Like all these characters all get set up right away and you immediately identify with them. And the song is so upbeat and catchy that you automatically buy into the puppets. Yeah. right away it's it's very fast and they know they have to catch you very fast in order to make this show work and they hit the nail right on the head with this it's a bullseye of a song uh-huh. uh yeah and i mean also it just lets the audience know the type of humor to expect in the show i mean christmas eve comes out and does the whole like i work in a korean deli but i'm japanese like she brings up like all types of stuff like race and set and sexuality like like there's a gay joke with rod and nikki right away in their first interaction there's a very yeah it totally gay the, the yeah. the rose-colored glasses yes. of any audience members coming in it's like yeah. we are gonna rip a band-aid off real quick yeah, and exactly. sort of set the tone of potential yeah. things are going to be chatting about exactly. this evening <laughs> singing about this evening yeah. exactly yeah so i it's great and it also it's a really fun way of just bringing the audience into this world of the muppets and a sesame street meet adulthood like uh-huh. we're gonna in that opening kind of theme music they play and then right into the song it's like okay i know exactly the world we're in right now i grew up in this world and now i could see an adult version of this world yeah. it's kind of like um there was that there was that melissa mccarthy puppet movie she did a little while ago that was similar oh, along the lines yeah. of this i remember seeing right. it through, and i'm like i see where you're going but you didn't quite hit your mark but yeah. it's that type of vibe and i'm like but this song gets the vibe right away and it's a great opening number so yeah, that is my number one. Great. Yeah. What is your number two? My number two um is our finale song for now. Only for now. For now we're healthy. For now we're employed. <laughs> for now we're happy. If not overjoyed. And we'll accept the things we cannot avoid for now. make my list but i do like it it's a good yeah i just think yeah it is a good closer and for the the sort of scope of musical Mm -hmm. we get i think it it does just enough to close out you know we don't need the big giant grandiose 
yeah. um, ending. And I mean, it does have several rock and awesome key changes. It so does. you're kind of getting that satisfaction. Um, but again, it's just, it's so relevant. Mm-hmm. It's so on the nose. And I think we'll get into this further, but there are a lot of um, like post pandemic things you can do with this musical. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is one song that the the lyrics just can, I think, mm-hmm. play so into that vision if you want to mm-hmm. go that way. And it does a really good way of sort of needleworking its way. The, the song kind of goes back and mm-hmm. forth of repeating the phrase for now mm-hmm. with positive things yeah. following it and for mm-hmm. now with negative things yeah. and kind of keeping them in the same, but from the musicality mm-hmm. perspective, they're sung the same yeah. way, right? So kind of keeping them on the same mm-hmm. level with each other and yeah. like, confronting the like or or bringing to the surface the idea that Mm -hmm. that is life you will have shit things happen to you Mm -hmm. in a day you will have astonishing things happen to you in a day Mm -hmm. and but they all will just happen for now so there's this sort of balance between like a dark humor Mm -hmm. and um reality i won't even say wonderful reality because but yeah i just think it's so realistic Mm -hmm. and it's a it's a great closure out to this slice Mm -hmm. of life we've kind of been experiencing throughout the musical it's a deceptive closure because the music is very perky but Mm -hmm. right away in the first bit of the song like you have gary coleman start with maybe you'll never find your purpose christmas eve lots of people don't princeton but then i don't know why i'm even alive kate monster well who really does Really, everyone's a little bit unsatisfied, Brian. Everybody goes around a little empty inside. Like, mm-hmm. ain't that the truth? So true. It's so true. especially in the in an industry where you're yeah. always on and you're you're yes. kind of always thrown into the glitter and the yeah. glitz. But mm-hmm. it's like you go you go home at the end of every yeah. performance, or mm-hmm. and this is just talking about industry personnel. But mm-hmm. there's no way you are just footloose and fancy free every single second of your yes. Day. But that's that's life. Yes, like, yes, and that's yeah. what I like about the show is that it has a really good adult message. Where it's like, yeah, we'll have peppy music, but we're hitting you with some good, hard, honest truth that it's okay to feel yeah. lost and to feel unbalanced in the world. But for now, look at the positive. Like they say, like look at the positive. It's like for now we're healthy. For now we're employed. For now we're happy, if yeah. not overjoyed, and we'll accept the things we can't avoid. For now, like this is definitely I wrote in brackets like lifesaver uh, again. Mm-hmm. When, <laughs> just using me as an anecdote, like mm-hmm. when you're in that dry spell, you don't mm-hmm. have a contract, you kind of yeah. don't know where your next gig is coming. I listening to this music like soundtrack a couple times. I yeah. again, I'm listening to the song for now and being like, okay, I will come back to this yeah. song mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I am feeling down or I'm in yeah. one of those ruts because it does yeah. kind of mm-hmm. shake you up mm-hmm. and. As long as you're keeping your mm-hmm. nose to the grind, yeah. mm-hmm. you're you're gonna get mm-hmm. you are gonna get some failures, but yeah. you're also at least gonna get bite-sized successes as you go. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so my number yeah. two mm-hmm. is everyone's a little bit racist. Everyone's a little bit racist. It's true.
That's on my skip cut list. Okay. But all right. So the way yes. we'll do this, Jill, is I'll go first. I'll give some positives of why it did make my top three song list. Because uh-huh. I do acknowledge it is a challenging song, but I also I think that's why I enjoy it. So Autumn and I have had numerous conversations on this podcast where we brought up important critical conversations and have not shied away from the from the from the uncomfortability of these subjects. And right. I think this song for an audience takes this idea head on. It's almost like molasses to rum to slaves in 1776. It's one of these mm-hmm. songs that it's like, yeah, this is a tough subject matter. But we're gonna attack, but we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna dive into this. And nowadays, I don't know if this song would actually fly, because I think a lot of people would be very critical of this song and would probably try right. and remove it because I mean we see it all the time. Somebody says something that's wrong or 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 is it or isn't politically correct. And instead of having the conversation, trying to teach and improve things, a lot of times social media will just cancel the person. And, yeah, and I, versus that. And I so for me I go, that's what the song's really interesting about is that it show it, it points out that everybody is flawed. Everybody has cultural blind spots and societal blind spots. And it's and it's and it's almost built into our subconscious as human beings that we have this part of us in us. And it, it's, it's an interesting thing to point out that in adulthood, yeah, we do have that. And the fact that they made this song, not just a bunch of white people singing it, but they got BIPOC performers in the song as well, and pointing out that every group has this. I mean, we see this concept shown dramatically in West Side Story, where both the Sharks and the Jets are using racial slurs and attacking each other. And then we see this in a bit more of a comedic light. So I think it's a really interesting way to go about this. And I mean, it's also neat how this song actually kind of paved the way for other works like Book of Mormon, which was also written uh-huh. by, as we said, Robert Lopez. It's, it's this really yeah. kind of neat song. Like I, I'll acknowledge that nowadays you probably have to rewrite some that's of the lyrics a, yeah, of the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the content and the, and the point of the song is, listen, because I mean, it starts right away with Kate Monster being... A little, a little bit uber left of her, where she's doing the whole. Well, Prince, you can't ask me that question if, if all us monsters are are like. And he's like, "Well, I didn't mean to offend you. I was just yeah. asking a question." And then, and then she goes, "Well, it's racist." And he goes, "Well, hold on, isn't your monster Montessori school also discriminatory because people like me can't attend it?" And she goes, right. "Oh, wait." And then, and then they start telling a black joke, and then Gary Coleman gets upset um, about it. And then, and, and then they, then they point to the fact that she likes, or he likes to tell Polish jokes because he goes, yeah. well, that's okay with me. So it's this, it's this ever growing thing of it keeps subverting the audience where they keep going, oh, but wait, no, that wouldn't work. And it's like, oh, wait, yes, it can work. Like every group has a little bit of prejudice built within their culture because that's just the way human beings work, unfortunately. Since the day of cavemen, we've been othering other cavemen. It's part of us. And, and yet they found a really, unique way of tackling this subject and tackling this way of adult that going yeah it's not great because they have the great lyrics of um where is it here uh everyone's a little bit racist sometimes doesn't mean we go about committing hate crimes look around you and you'll find nobody's really colorblind maybe it's a fact we all should face everybody makes judgments based on race uh now not, now not big judgments like who to hire or who to buy a newspaper from no no, little judgments think, and then they get into other stuff too. Yeah, yeah. But just it's, to, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating song. I think too. To I, I, 
So there's a reason why it's on my uh, yeah. skip list, um, which we'll get into later because all my top three are actually kind of like a bundled as to what I okay. would um, but I do think definitely this, if you are going to keep this thong mm-hmm. in, it's one for sure that should be rejigged and mm-hmm. rewritten to mm-hmm. fit, um, today. And I, and like, I think the mm-hmm. lyrics, like the hate crime lyric, that's mm-hmm. gotta go. That's gotta be shaken out differently. Cause I think there's mm-hmm. been at least recently, recently, a mm-hmm. lot of stuff rightfully so is brought to the surface of that not happening so i i think there's a fine mm-hmm. there's a fine line uh, <laughs> the content yeah. in that specific song that i just think it can stay in mm-hmm. but it it's been satirized since the day it was written probably but it's got to mm-hmm. be that like on stereo yeah. now yeah. i think it's mm-hmm. got it has to be like mm-hmm. packing up quite mm-hmm. a punch mm-hmm. of of on the nosedness if that mm-hmm. makes sense to me um mm-hmm. to you um, and, uh, yeah, I think, I just think a lot of, a lot of uh, rejigging work, if you are going to keep this musical. I absolutely think. And uh, again, this yeah, musical, we've talked about, like, this musical gives, like, license to do that, especially because yeah. that, to me, that song, along with other songs, aren't plot specific, so mm-hmm. the, the audience isn't going to be left confused, mm-hmm. it's just, like, that song, along with other songs in this musical, are kind of just side, mm-hmm. tangent, uh, culturally mm-hmm. specific things. So I yeah. think even more so, they are they can be cut. Or if you are going to cu- keep them, update the culture as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, obviously, you could change some of these uh, jokes, but I think, uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, this show closed in twenty nineteen. Obviously, uh-huh. we've seen some changes there, but I, I I do think that looking at the creative team, like you have Robert Lopez, um, on mm-hmm. on there too. So so I mean, I I think it, I think if the song was written by an entirely like a white creative team, I'd be like, definitely we need to get some new voices here. But yeah. I, I like also yeah. like the fact that Anne Harada, who came back to the yeah. show many yeah, years so later, it's, it's so. definitely like in the mm-hmm. right hands and yeah. mouths. Mm-hmm. But I think. And you probably would agree yeah. with me, Mac, yeah. like our culture and society in the early 2000s mm-hmm. versus where we are now is exponentially different, right? Like It is. It is. It's, it, I mean, it's not, it's still quite the same in some ways, but um, I just think there's, there, the, um, the way of, of structuring art mm-hmm. uh, or using art mm-hmm. alongside politics, mm-hmm. et cetera, has has evolved or has changed yeah. or voices are, mm-hmm. are different stories. Yeah. Stories mm-hmm. are different. So, um, and that'll just continue to, I mean, 20 years from now, we'll be having the same conversation about the 2020s being different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So just some, some up to date and more on the nosedness edits to that song. Sure. Yeah, I absolutely agree. But yeah, I, I do. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, I think it's a really interesting yeah. song. And that's why I made my top because I'm like, it's a really interesting piece. And so like, yeah. I, I, the other song that almost made my list was The Internet's for Porn. The internet is for porn. Gross. Internet is for porn. I hate porn. Grab your dick and double click for porn. Porn, porn, porn. I hate net. Is 
but yeah. I was like, because it's funny, but I'm like, this yeah. is a little bit, this, this, this gives a little bit more meat to chew yeah. on. Sure. And the fact that throughout the show, Christmas Eve brings up the concept of race in her, in, in, in her, in her growing up. It's like a really interesting idea that they brought into this show, which I really appreciate. I really do appreciate. Oh, yes. Well said, Jim. Well said. Yes, I do agree. Some rewrites need to happen if they revive this show. Because, yeah, we have changed a lot since 2003. And I don't know if the song since even, uh, the even, Broadway even... run has, uh, uh, by the time we got to I don't know if they did go back and change some of the, the truth uh-huh. of the lyrics in there. Because, yeah, they're a very active team. Because even, like, the title mm-hmm. of the song mm-hmm. doesn't have to be what it is, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think, like I said, if, if it's, if you update the song and they're Again, it can the it can kind of just exist mm-hmm. as a uh like a, a satirized on mm-hmm. the nose yeah. title. But I mean mm-hmm. I would even be open to having the same sort of message be brought mm-hmm. through but mm-hmm. said differently even, right? Mm-hmm. Or like struck out differently. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. All right, Jill, what's your number three though? So my number three mm-hmm. um, is a fun one. Okay. Um, it's you can be as loud as the hell you want or when you're making love. <laughs> you can be as loud as the hell you want when you're making love. You can be as loud as the hell you want when you're making love. Because I just, musically, it is a bop. I was, like, mm-hmm. sitting on my couch, just, like, mm-hmm. every part of my body was going. And it's, like, it's a song about sex positivity. And yep. I just love that. Mm-hmm. And it's true. When, yes. like, I don't think there's enough. Mm-hmm. There's romance in musicals. There's sex. Yes. And, like, you know, yeah. rent. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I, rent. this one is, like, one song, mm-hmm. and it is, like, very upfront and yeah hear the sounds Mm -hmm. and uh again the musicality is stunning it's a Mm -hmm. belt your face off number yeah yeah and and it again it's it's it's, it was just refreshing refreshing Mm -hmm. to that type of message yeah yeah so that's that's my my third Mm -hmm. with um just before i i volley to you mac my Mm -hmm. honorable mentions for like Clever, clever, clever writing. Yes. Super creative. And I mm-hmm. might be piggybacking on maybe one. Okay. Um, Shout and fraud. The world needs people like you and me who've been knocked around by fate. Because when people see us, they don't want to be us. And that makes them feel great. Sure. We provide a vital service to society. You and me. Mixtape. A mixtape. Oh, he made a mixtape. He was thinking of me, which shows he cares. Sometimes when someone has a crush on you, they'll make you a mixtape to give you a clue. Let's see. You've got a friend. The theme from Friends, that's what friends are for. Shit. Oh, but look, a whole new world. Kiss the girl. 
I just think the lyrics yeah. of both of those, like, it's like butter. Like, they just... Yes. And especially when in mixtape, it's um, Kate Monster, especially yeah. when she's <laughs> reading, reading linking all of the titles yeah. into, yes. like, this this fluid. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, Marks and Lopez, you can stay. Yeah, like this. submarine. What does yes. it mean? <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. And same as Schadenfreude, like, yeah. clever writing. And that's something, yeah. again, talk about subconscious and us yeah. be, being human beings. Like, yeah. Thinking some of well, exactly, 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 exactly. Um, and that's what, that's what I really like about the show is like Schadenfreude and Everybody's Little Bit Racist kind of go together as this like, we all subconsciously think things, even though like, like if we don't say them, and it's like, right. as adults, it's like, yeah, we know. We know. But people, the, the one thing know. I do find about Schadenfreude that's, mm-hmm. that is, again, if you are going to like cut one, I would mm-hmm. still, because Schadenfreude's a little bit more catch all, like it's not yes. specific to. Yes. Right. It's more of just yeah. like talking, talking about like the, mm-hmm. the reactions and yes. what psyches that yes. we all have as human beings. Yes. Um, but yeah. So yeah. yeah, so those are my honorable mentions, and that was okay. my my number three with the can be as loud as that you want. Love it, love it. Well, mm-hmm. my number three is I wish I could go back to college. I wish I could go back to college. In college, you know who you are. You sit in the quad and think, oh my god, I am totally gonna go far. How do I go back to college? I don't know who I am anymore. I want to go back to my room and find a message and dry erase pen on the door. Okay. That is my number three. This was like the song that, oh, so good. So good. Like you have the I've been seen thing. It's like, yeah, this song has me being seen. Right. Because there are so many times when sometimes you sit at your desk at work and you think, yeah, I, I wish I could go back and relive those days when I, when I wasn't working adult, when it was a little bit more of a simpler time where like, where I, where, I, where I spent my days being a Don in residence and then rehearsing and studying theater at York. It was like, that. I had a good life there. I had a good yeah, life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was cruising along quite nicely there. Um. So yeah, I think this song is just truthful that there are many adults, both younger and older, uh, who just long for that simpler time back. Uh-huh. But then you realize you can't go back. And even if you did go back, it wouldn't be the same experience again because... You're older, you're wiser, you've learned, you've seen the adult world beyond the 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 the, the protection of, of the school system. Like yep. uh, I, I, like post-secondary is that great next step into adulthood before you actually reach adulthood. Um, but then you realize once you're out in the adult world that yeah, you can't go back and relive the same experiences of your late teens and early twenties. You, right. I, I, it's, it's a different world to go back now into that into the school. So. And there's other pressures, and there's other mm-hmm. obstacles, and there's other, yep. like I said, love, love and life yep. go hand in hand. And yes. If you want to have kids, if you want to travel, yep. if you want to do all those, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I like how the song starts in a very whimsical style, but then as they slowly come back down to reality, the song style changes to a lot of the more shorter staccato notes. Like, uh, right. it's a very great transition song. I mean, it's, the lyrics were great. I mean, the fact that, like, so many of them brought back to York memories, like, sit in the quad and think, oh, my God, I'm totally going to go far. Or 
I want to go back to to my room and find a message on uh, on the dry erase board. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's like all those little messages and all those little concepts just pop in there. It's like, yeah, they all got what it was like to be in post-secondary school and the joys of that. So I really think they capture, captured a, a really great idealized version of post-secondary school life. So me, I go, yeah, it hit all the right buttons for me. Nice. Yes. All right, Jill, what is your first song on your either skip or cut list? Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I bun- I kind of bundled the three okay. of mine, but okay. I'll, I'll break it down. I'll break it okay. down, but just know before I dive mm. into my three, Okay. we'll call them cut. Okay. That's where my bundle's going. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, because I don't think I would skip them, actually, when I'm thinking mm-hmm. out loud now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I would skip them. There's other mm-hmm. more... Uh, as you could believe it, there mm-hmm. are some songs in this musical I find are boring, which I don't even. Yeah, I have a few. Not even part of. Yeah. Some of them aren't even on my list because I, yeah. I did my like bundled thing. Um, yeah. These are the ones I would cut. Mm-hmm. I guess. Okay. So, cut as a part of my bundle would be everyone's a little bit racist. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, well, we just had a great discussion, Mac. If, if you do want to yeah. keep it, just that, but but mm-hmm. as a part of my kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier, I think this musical can have a really good sort of breaking out of pandemic mm-hmm. woes mm-hmm. where do you go from here mm-hmm. um and to me that song along with my others which i'll mention mm-hmm. um can just be one to cut because it's not mm-hmm. like the vision of, right. of that route mm-hmm. and also i think there's a lot of problems with the lyrics that again mm-hmm. like the, me and mac and i just talked about yeah. you would have to rewrite or it should be rewritten mm-hmm. so um yeah not really plot point mm-hmm. purpose so cutting it Okay, love yeah. it, love it. Next, okay. I mean, um, I, I mean, we talked a lot about it. I don't know much. If there's much more to say, I mean, do, do you want to do your number one? Oh, sure. Or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So my number one is I'm not wearing underwear today. I'm not wearing underwear today. No, I'm not wearing underwear today. Not that you probably care much about my underwear. Still, nonetheless, I gotta say. Wearing underwear today. Oh no, I love that song. I, I I only have it because it's a transition song that I doesn't so that, 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 that doesn't do much, and I'm like, yeah, like I laughed the hardest at that song. I forgot because yeah. it's it's literally like not even a minute. I don't know. Yeah, it's really I short. Hearing it yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. but yes, I get it. I get it. I get. Yeah, for me, I just go if Brian's trying to do stand up comedy. And let's actually further his plot properly and give him, a, a, instead of a generic comedy filler song, give him an right. actual song that explores Brian's struggle to find a career and, his, and, and like his insecurities for the fact that he's engaged to a woman who has two master's degrees as like a therapist and he is kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of she considers him a bum. I, I, uh-huh. I, 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 I kind of, she keeps telling him to get a job and she's in the audience heckling him. So I mean, that, I think that'd be a great duet for them is like, He's trying to make a go of standard comedy, and she's in there heckling yeah. him a little bit. Like I think there, I think I think there's a better opportunity for that moment than just transition song to get to. Here's the, the thing, though: setting. if if we do, if I do end up directing a post-COVID musical mm-hmm. like iteration of this show, that one has to stay because it is a direct call out to like how many of us wore pants during Zoom meetings and COVID, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. And so, so and it's using that that song as sort of like a skeleton for that. But yeah. I, I get why you would cut yeah. it. I yeah. guess. Yes. Really... Yes. Yeah. 
Ah, love it. Jill, what's your number two? So my number two um, would be, I think I would cut for number two, either one of these. Okay. And there's reasons. Okay. I'm going to have to do two for two. Okay. Special. I can make you feel special when it sucks to be you. Let me make you feel special for an hour or two. Your life's a routine that repeats each day. No one cares who you are or what you say. And sometimes you feel like you're nobody. But you can feel like somebody with me. Simply because I don't think we need, first of all, we definitely don't need slut in there. And yes, funny <laughs> 21. Um, yes. I'm all like, I yes. just think there's another way we can positively yes. support our sex workers. And yeah. then the connotation of that yes. it's brought up in this song. Yes. Um, and again, it's just a soft, like it's, the, there's no really plot driving. Well, we basically the songs are to introduce her as, as, as any point in the love triangle between Princeton Lucy oh, right, but I, I think that can be bundled in a transition or something, yeah, right? Exactly. Like there's definitely exactly. something like other. Mm-hmm. And you might contest this, but Ooh. I think I would get rid of again. This goes with my bundled package, mm-hmm. kind of, because okay. we're getting into the land of bleeding into Princeton Kate Monster. But okay. um, the more you rub someone, the more you rub someone, the more you want to care. so yes yeah like i i love that song like i love that christmas eve has a song her own song i I love that her and kate are girl talking it out yeah i just think again with my sort of vision bundle of what to cut it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be there there doesn't have to be that sort of girl girl chat thing Mm -hmm. um again it can be sussed out in transition i also think that lyrics some of the lyrics of that song can be looked at and rejigged a little bit yeah they're um, actually the lyrics here it just says the more you love someone the more you want to kill them the more you love someone the more you make him the more he make you cry though you, uh, uh though you try and make peace with them and loving that's why you love so strong you you like to make him die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very complex. I, I get the idea well, they're going for, like, which is look past the faults, which yeah. I think is the message they're trying to go for. It's just yeah, it, it's it's written in a very kind of weird way, and I mean they wrote it in the uh, uh, in the Christmas Eve accent too, which is a very heavy 
Yes. Accent. And I would say even yeah. even like the title of the piece is the more yeah. you rub someone yes. and I get what they're doing. Um yeah. but it's like let's let's just maybe throw that on the creative table. Yeah, what, rewrite. What are we, rewrite. What are we saying with it now? Right? Yes. Like and and because I yeah. do think it's like I said, it's great to have that girl power moment of It is lovely to have and yeah, Kate Monster. Yeah. But is it, do we need a song for that, right? Like, could that be mm-hmm. the transition? Could that be I would love for them to have a song because I do like the idea of them having a duet. I just think you've got to rewrite yeah. a little bit of that song and rework. Once again, art is art is ever evolving, particularly comedy. Comedy is such a tough yeah. thing to get right and have it stay re- relevant and right, yep. and right uh-huh. all the time. Like, even like a show like I Love, The Producers. I'm sure there are jokes in there that we probably would have to change and cut. Right. Or or just rework because it's not fitting where we are culturally at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I definitely agree with you that that song definitely needs a, a reevaluation. Because yeah, right. yeah, the concept is good, the message is nice, which is love someone faults and all, but the way they execute it is a little off. That's that not the mark. The mark isn't there. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, but what is what is second to skip or chop for you, Mac? Purpose, Princeton's yeah. Big I Want song. I don't know how I know, but I'm gonna find my purpose. I don't know where I'm gonna look, but I'm gonna find my purpose. Gotta find out, don't wanna wait. Got to make sure that my life will be great. Gotta find my purpose. For me, I just go after the great opening number we had, and then also the great setup song of "If You Were Gay," which is Rod and Nick, uh, Rod and Nikki's song, which I think is a beautiful message. Um, mm-hmm. Then you get this "I Want" song, which is like so bland and boring. Like it, it, it covers the required bases of you need to set somebody up. It's, and I, it's grounded. It grounds us. I guess. I mean, for me, I go one of the song. One of the things I like about the song is the fact that we get a little West Side Story homage of something's coming which i'm like oh, right. that's funny great great little point like that's a, that's another classic i want song uh but i just find it kind of lacking the drive and the comedy that other stuff like i was i almost want to say it's a little bit too straight like on the money for me where i go all the other songs are fun zigzag tackle comedy tackle tough issues like this is a really good message to have is i want to find my purpose it has a really yeah. nice message i just go is there a funnier more comedic more stronger way to get this point across without being and now we have the big ballady i want song yeah you know this one this one has to it would be the spine to my post-pandemic avenue q Mm -hmm. rewrite because it very much is like we're we are butterflies coming out of our cocoons Mm -hmm. water is our purpose (laughs) yep exactly exactly but uh but yeah fair fair yeah yeah, yeah. So we that, that that was my number two. Joe, what is your number three? So my number three, now that I've kind of we're at the the trio of mm-hmm. my bundle of what, what to it, cut, it, what it completes would be the trio? If you were gay. If you were gay, that'd be okay. I mean, cause hey, I'd like you anyway. Because you see, if it were me. I would feel free to say that I was gay, but I'm not gay. Nikki, please, are you trying to read? 
year. Okay. I'd still be here. Nikki, I am trying to read this book. Year after year. Okay. Because you're dear to me. Ah. And I know that you what? would accept me too. I would? If I told you today. Hey, guess what? I'm gay. But I'm not gay. Really? So, and I think it's you. Because I think if you cut that one, everyone's a little bit racist. And either rewrite special or the more you rub someone like the you're still getting again my overall vision would be people trying to make it into the world regardless of race or background and what's wrong with of, the song though like the lyrics are, are really beautiful like like nikki says if you were gay that'd be okay because hey i yeah. i like you anyway because you see if you were me if it were me i would feel free to say uh that i was gay but I'm not gay. <laughs> and, yeah, I just... And then it, and would, it's like, if you were queer, I'd still be here year after year. And then, and then it's like, and it's like you're born this way. It's okay. So what is it about yeah, the song that's I, not... Yeah, I don't have anything you? that's not going, that like, lyric-wise. Okay. I just think, again, because we have Rod and Nikki are our B plot. Right, okay. So you're doing, um, like, it does set yeah. up, it sets up a whole nother great right. vision or great right. thing to go down. Mm-hmm. But I just, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't... Like I would, I would feel like in my quote unquote cut or rewrite, right, right, I would right. be doing a disservice keeping it because it's mm-hmm. like putting that on a, on the table and then I not flushing that out, which I think it could be. Do you know what I'm saying? It just could uh, be a part of. Okay, I see what you're going for now. Yeah, yeah. De- um, develop their plot further to you know in order to make the song work better. Is what you're going for, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Okay. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I had the same and, thing in uh, what was the episode we did. Like I almost want, I yeah. almost want there to be like a, a sequel or mm-hmm. like a, a a sister play to Abby yeah. Q, where we're following Nikki and Rod's journey. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. so like I, I mean, just, I, I mean, we do get a lot of their journey throughout yeah. the show, but it's more like you check in with them. I mean, the fact that Rod becomes homeless, or no, it's Nikki. Nikki becomes homeless during during right. the show because Rod kicks him out for outing him at, at, at the wedding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah there's definitely, I, a, definitely a bigger journey there that you could get into with Rod and Nikki. For sure. And like most, like we've mm. talked about and we've kind of, yeah. we've, we've created this kind of common mm. realization. Because yes. I think this, this song, along with probably every song in this musical, yeah. could, could deserve a rewrite or, yeah. a, you know, putting on the table and yeah. um, questioning why mm-hmm. this, why now? And is there a different yeah. way we can say this or mm-hmm. should say this? And. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this song falls. Yeah. This song falls under that category too. Yeah. Um, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely think you could just do some more work on emphasizing the Rod and Nikki story and giving it as much seriousness as the Princeton and Kate storyline. Because, yeah, I mean, both storylines are great. One, one's about finding your purpose, and one is about coming coming out and accepting yourself, mm-hmm. uh, be- uh, as being beautiful as you are, and the fact that. We do get that at the end, but it's done as a bit of a joke of Nick uh, or, um, or um, Ricky finds Nikki, who's like the muscular version of of himself yeah, because, I mean, because Ron yeah. is, has a crush on on, on his. Roommate. I also I also think like early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like the, yeah, the further it says this song worked. It had a very nice message for the early two thousand when gay marriage wasn't legalized. Yeah, and it was and, still and, very and much just, a fight of acceptance. Right. And mm-hmm. there's, you know, the LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. back then as opposed yep. to what it is yeah. now are very different. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just think, I think that the satire of of certain things said in this song, again, yeah. could 
could deserve a let's bring this to the table and how yeah. do we how do we do it today? Yeah, I get you. I get you. Okay, now I yeah. now I understand. At first I was like, really that song? And I'm like, okay, now yeah. I okay, now I get where you're coming from with this. Now I get it. Uh-huh. So my number three though is yeah. another Rod song, which is my girlfriend who lives in Canada. I wish you could meet my girlfriend, my girlfriend who lives in Canada. She couldn't be sweeter. I wish you could meet her, my girlfriend who lives in Canada. Her name is Alberta. She lives in Vancouver. She cooks like my mother and sucks like a Hoover. I email her every single day just to make sure that everything's okay. It's a pity she lives so far away in Canada. Okay. Yeah, so for me, I go, I like the setup for the song that Rod is overreacting and trying to overcompensate when he's edited at the wedding and he sings this piece but i go the whole joke of my my unseen girlfriend who lives in canada is for me i go it's such a lazy joke like it's like yeah. it's been done to death like i think they were doing that back in the freaking 80s like yeah. the whole unseen girlfriend who lives in canada joke where i'm like Ugh. is there a cleverer way we can have him trying to overcompensate because it is think- funny just doing playing it. devil's advocate, yeah. like I totally kind of agree. But it's, again, that is just kind of a block, like a song that's in yeah. there for me. Yeah. I got to yeah. chuckle. Yeah. But just playing devil's advocate, like, do you think because it's such a common comedy trope, especially for Americans, it was almost like put in here to again drive forward? Like, you're watching a comedy. Of course, there's going to I, be a joke I about think, my girlfriend. Well, <laughs> I think for me, it's like you put that joke in there to really emphasize the fact that Rod is lying. And like okay. everybody, everybody kind of knows the whole microphone lives in Canada is like the whole um, joke of like, yeah, you're covering something up here. Like it's a pretty right. obvious lie. But for me, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's funny. Like I, I do think the concept is funny. And I like the fact that we get Rod overcompensating by naming all these explicit sexual things that he does with his girlfriend who lives in Canada. And it's like, yeah, somebody who would be overcompensating probably would go into extreme r- ridiculous detail to cover his uh-huh. bases. So Here's a fun thought. If we mm-hmm. did go like post-pandemic vision yeah. of this musical, sure. <laughs> um, the the idea that like unfortunately, you know, borders have been closed and yes. some are. Um, yeah. This whole song could have a completely different meaning. My girlfriend who lives on Zoom. Or yeah, exactly. Or yeah, <laughs> my 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 girlfriend who lives across a international border right yeah. now. Or, you know, my yeah. significant other and she visit, but oh she can't the border's still closed. Right, right. Yeah. Or like there's yeah. there's so many so many things. And then, yes. you know, quite there maybe there is reasons why you're getting as explicit as you might want to because right. all you've had is virtual connection to yes. deal with. Exactly. <laughs> so the the imagination has been spiraling. Yeah. Um, exactly. Months, yeah, like what well, yeah, once again, like, it's not like a bad song. Like I'll still listen and it gets a small chuckle, but I think where all the other comedies really high level smart well-written comedy this kind of feels like a bit more of the late not always say laser comedy but a little bit more of the simple low fruit comedy that you can grab from when yeah. like most of the fruit on this tree that we're writing from comes from a very high part of the tree it's, it's it, it, like so yeah but you know it's a maple tree though because it's cute. it's absolutely maple tree of course of course <laughs> of course uh... <laughs> okay well Jill, let's get into our final part of the episode which is does this musical still have a place today should it be revived? Great. So I feel like I've been answering this question the entire yeah, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> kind of tap dancing around the answer. Um, yeah, so I think, I think as we talked about at the very beginning, mm-hmm. and we've kind of 
proved or have good points to prove yeah. that this musical is quite malleable if mm-hmm. you would like it to be. Yeah. Um, and as Mac was saying, even for schools, right, mm-hmm. it's being rewritten or rejigged. Yeah. Um, and I do think a lot of critical discussion needs to be put into this musical if you are going to do it in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, it does set up a good framework to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe when you're talking about it on the table, mm-hmm. like another new idea comes out of this, right? Yeah. And everything mm-hmm. just sort of inspires that, which I yeah. don't think is, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, more, we should be doing that more. But um, yeah, I think it can very well be done. Mm-hmm. with rewrites and attention to different details. Mm-hmm. And I think just naturally, because it's sort of a looser, structured musical, it yeah. has those vignettes. Um, the it, the content and the form doesn't shy away from hacking mm-hmm. at things and mm-hmm. putting things out there. So I don't, yeah. I think from an editing and a recreation process, yeah. you also don't have to shy away from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I so so I guess in an in a mm-hmm. nutshell, it can be mm-hmm. redone. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be reshaped if mm-hmm. it is redone. Um, and I do think if you break this musical down to want to do it today, it it might also just birth a fresh, brand new idea. Yeah, which I don't think is wrong either, right? I think like mm-hmm. having this in mm-hmm. pre production might act as a catalyst for mm-hmm. a fresher production, mm-hmm. right? Like you might yeah. find in the rewrite or the reshaping, there's a better way of putting mm-hmm. it that just isn't yeah. Avenue Q. And then yeah. we have a resurgence of another award-winning smash, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. for me, I wrote, I, I still love this musical. I find this message about society uh, still resonates today, but I go, yeah, comedy, this comedy songs, the, the, the tone of comedy has changed. You definitely would need to rewrite things. Like I even put, we need to have a female feminine voice in the song, the, the, the internet is for porn because it's sung by an entirely oh, male yeah. audience. And it's like, no, everybody masturbates, men and women, sure. they all do it. So I'm like, yeah, like stuff like that, like so fixing, like fixing some of the, like the, the jokes that don't land well today, it's fixing some of the time-centric jokes, like the whole Bush joke. Um, can change stuff like that. I think I think I think the skeleton is really strong, and I would go even if you look at that and go, I don't want to change what I wrote. I think the the, the show bursts the idea that you can. It's one of these few musicals where I'm like, you could do a sequel to this, like Avenue Q, like like coming out of the pandemic, where it's like where it's like they all they all come out of their houses after being locked inside. Yeah, and it, yeah, and, it, and it's like Christmas Eve between. 18 months of being locked inside, she's lost her accent all of a sudden. Uh, uh, something like that. You, you can make a joke about that where it's like, you went in speaking with a emotional accent, you've now come out with no accent. What happened? Like, right. right? And, and it's like, oh, well, I took some online classes. Like, like you, you, you can make some jokes about that. So I, I think out of all the musicals I can think of where it's like, should, should, should a musical get a sequel? I'm like, this one actually has a pretty good base that could warrant a sequel. Yeah, and I, I think it honestly, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> the sequel could parody it, like, itself. Yes! I think you can write a musical parodying Avenue Q. Yes! Because, especially because, I, I, I know Sesame Street still exists, and there are mm-hmm. still a lot of the, progr- the kids programming, like, yeah. Treehouse TVO, these are Canadian yeah. mm-hmm. uh, um, yes. stations, but they, they, have, they still have that sort of, like, live host quality with yeah. their, like, puppet friends, but... 
obviously we were in an extremely different digital age than yeah. the early 2000s mm-hmm. too. And so I think it would even be neat to, you know, puppets I think should have agency still on mm-hmm. the stages, but because kids, you know, the idea of yeah. what kids watch is a bit beyond yeah. like mm-hmm. big comfy couch, Sesame yeah. Street. Mm-hmm. Um, what is there to do, mm-hmm. you know, with that? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I think there's other things, other styles of animation. Yeah. Stuff we, you could draw mm-hmm. on. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking, I mean, I, I, my brain's just bubbling now. It could be great to see a person like starting to bald. You know, like, a Kim and Kate monster had a COVID baby. Like, uh, sure, like, yeah. like over that, like, like, uh, 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 Nikki and Rod ended up uh, have, uh, having to bubble together because, like, Rod right. uh, 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 was a relationship over. because they still wanted to suss it out, but, but like, weren't or, actually. Or, or, in or, 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 or even that, where it's like, um, like, like, uh, like um, Ron start and dating your roommate because there's nothing left to do. <laughs> yeah, or something like that, or something happens like that. Like, and like obviously Gary Coleman's passed away, so you'd have to find a new celebrity to run. Um, sure, but he, there's so many great celebrities. Even I mean, Kate Monster being a, a kindergarten yeah. assistant. Well, yes, trying yes, try to virtually teach. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother world. Right? Robert Lopez and, and team hit us up. Like, I will pitch you some ideas yeah. for a sequel because. Yeah, this, this well, and I think there, there's so much uh, stuff you could go into if, mm-hmm. if they'll allow it of like frozen yeah. jokes or you yes. know like stuff that's really on the nose of yeah yeah um, yeah. Stuff I, mean, that's past. yeah. I mean, just and just going back to the original show, if you did want to bring it back, I think it's okay to bring it back because it's a good show with overall positive yet adult messages, and it still has some really good solid laughs in it mm-hmm. that 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 are just fun for 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 adults to listen and watch too. Because as adults, we do need to laugh and smile a little bit more. We are very serious well, and, and people. There, there is some, and you're seeing this now, mm-hmm. at least I'm seeing this now, mm-hmm. being back in the city um, regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the idea of socializing, how to yes. socialize, is people don't know how to do it anymore. Yeah. Or their mm-hmm. sort of approach to it has totally switched or pivoted. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they're um, awkward or they feel burnt burnt out just mm-hmm. by being, you know, having a bunch of things on their to-do list or being yeah. out with people. So, mm-hmm. you know, sitting sitting in a space with laughs and puppets is a, you know, an alternative way to mm-hmm. interacting with humans and mm-hmm. dealing with stressful yeah. situations. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Wonderful. Well, that's our final thoughts. Let mm-hmm. us know what you think about Avenue Q and if it still has a place today and if you'd want to see a sequel musical, like maybe call it Avenue R because it, it comes after the letter Q. I don't know. You can have some. You can have a lot of fun with this. There's a good concept there. Um, other than that, uh, thank but, you so much for listening. Yes, uh, I was going to yeah. say for for now. For now, just you know. <laughs> Yeah. Do the best you can. Yes. Um, Jill, where can people find we, we follow you? <laughs> people can follow me. My artist Instagram account is Jillian.Robinson96. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see some musical covers. You'll see me promoting any sort of work I have possibly coming mm-hmm. down the line. Because you, got a, you got a really exciting one coming up soon. I do. Speaking of musicals, yes, um, I will be. Should I? Should I? Should I mention it? Yeah, see. you can say it here. I mean, there's some carryover. <laughs> sure. Right. Um, I will be playing Rapunzel in a Rapunzel pantomime for Toronto Youth Theater. Oh, I was thinking about something else entirely, but yes, that is great too. What were you thinking of, Matt? You have a special interview coming up. <gasps> yes, I do have an interview coming up. That is 
That is true. I will be interviewing mm-hmm. for Cup of Hemlock, the mm-hmm. brilliant, astonishing, I've said that word so many times, but I love that word, and it definitely describes who this person is, Andre Sills, Canadian actor, producer, yeah. director, all the things. Oh, so. a brilliant man. Yes, I'm wearing all of the different hats in the mm-hmm. industry, and I love it. And yes. for mm-hmm. now, I am smiling. Maybe I will be crying some days, but that's okay, too. Yeah. I'm going to stop doing for now plugs. <laughs> there you go. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, wonderful. You can find and follow our wonderful theme music composer, Mr. Brody Weld at Father Flozis. You can listen to all his awesome rap hip-hop material at Father Flozis on all listening platforms, including Apple Music, Bandcamp, Spotify. Look up just Father Flozis. He's got a new album coming out soon. And you can always listen to my favorite album track of his, which is Home decor where he raps about household furniture and the joys of being a father in, in a pandemic. Like, good stuff, Brody. Good stuff. Love you. Uh, wonderful. You can also do some following a couple, or you can also do some following of Before the Downbeats on all social media platforms with our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook pages. We post clues every other week when we're about to announce our new episode. And we also do fun facts leading up to the episode and we love when people comment and chime in and we'll talk to you it's great we are all about the open dialogue and conversations so don't be shy come on out talk to us you also can join our patreon page where autumn and i do all types of fun features including things like movie musical commentaries like the one we did on west side story over the summer during our during our hiatus we also have monthly theater news reviews where we go into the world of theater where we talk about What's going on? Or we talk about our last, our thoughts about the latest Tony Awards show. Uh, we also do a top 10 list where we can meet, where we, where we hit, where we talk about all types of fun top 10 concepts, like top 10 uh, puppets, top 10 Muppets. We can do all types of fun stuff like that. So check that out too. Uh, you can find and follow me at Mackenzie, at Mackenzie Horner on all social media platforms. Just look for the ginger guy with the red hair. You can also follow our antics of Jill and I over at Cup of Hemlock either on the podcast feed or on the YouTube channel. There's all types of good stuff happening over there too. In uh, Autumn has been on a few of the episodes as well. So you can also find her on a few stuff on a little bit over there too. But for now, everybody stay healthy, stay safe, and we will see you all with our next episode. Thanks. Thanks Bye. so much, everyone. Bye.